0: Hey guys, this is episode two of Not Another Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Dellinger, and again, thanks so much for following me on this journey. I am really looking forward to sharing this episode with you. It has to do with Reiki healing which is something I didn't know much about before I got to sit down with Dinah Reyes. She is a Reiki master from Norwalk, Connecticut or currently residing in Norwalk, Connecticut and she has some incredible things to share with us talking all about energy healing and how she got to become a Reiki master. I really enjoyed this conversation and she's Definitely an inspired individual who has paved and made her life very unique and different than the cookie cutter corporate America that we're also familiar with. So without further ado, Dinah Reyes and episode two. Uh podcast recording studio, which is actually an old bedroom from childhood, on some yoga mats, um, just painting the scene for you guys, and I'm sitting here with Dinah Reyes, who is our resident Reiki expert <laughs> for today, <laughs> so we're going to talk about that and how she got to where she is, but before we, I even introduce her, I'm just going to tell a little background story of how I met Dinah, because I think it's pretty um, funny, so... Dinah probably doesn't even remember this, but I used to work in events for a brief period. And I was at an event. It was actually my first dinner party. And there was a few other members. It was a small a small dinner party. And there was somebody who was feeling a little under the weather. And Dinah stepped in with her bag of essential oils and offered, <laughs> to, offered to make a concoction for this individual who actually turned it down. I think she was a little... I'm sure, but in that moment, I was like almost contemplating saying to her, I'm feeling sick too. Can I try your concoction of essential oils? And I think after that, we had a conversation about oils and how I wanted to get involved. So she's here. Welcome, Dinah. Thank you so much for being Thank here. Thank you for having me. Thrilled and nervous to be I here. I know, <laughs> I know. We're in the same boat. Um, yeah, so I was just, you were one of the first people I thought of when I got this idea. To start a podcast because I knew I don't know anyone else who does Reiki, first of all, okay. or carries a bag of essential oils and knows how to use them because a lot <laughs> of us carry them around, including myself, and they sit in the bat the box or they go in the bath, you know, like once a month or something, but that's as far as it goes. So so welcome. Thank and you. tell us a little about yourself. Um, where you were grew up, what things you were interested in as a kid, and then Obviously, I'd love to hear how you got into Reiki, but all the little steps along the way.
1: Okay, well, <laughs> let's see. I am Filipino, so I was born in the Philippines, and um, we were there. I grew up there until I was about six years old, and at, after six years old, my dad had come. He was a doctor, so he, my mom kind of pushed him to go to the U.S., you know, to like make your fortune in the U.S., because he went as far as he could in the Philippines, so she sent him off. He was here for about a year by himself. And we, wow. were, we stayed in the Philippines until he had everything settled and then he yeah. sent for us. Um, so at six years old, moved to the U.S. and so we moved out to the northeast in, in Boston. So we lived in this little uh, town called Rosendale and lived there for about, how long was it? Was it 10 years? Yeah. It was, yeah, we lived there for about 10 years. And after that, we moved up to Rochester, New York. And I was there for... Like, a couple years, the last two years of high school, and then after that, I went back to Massachusetts to go to school there uh, for college. Cool. Um, yeah. So, ever since I was a little kid, like, my, when my dad was in uh, the Philippines, at one point he had his own clinic, and it was, like, out in the, the burbs. It wasn't really, there, there aren't really any suburbs in the Philippines, but it's, like, it wasn't in the city. And so he had his own little clinic, and so he would take me around, and he would show me the different rooms where all his patients were. And so I would see, you know, these women that had just given birth to the babies and the babies are in these little hammocks, you know, because this is third world country, oh the Philippines. God. And, yeah. you know, he'd showed me his patients and introduced me. And I remember going into his office and sitting there and they had that enclave, you know, where they would cook all the instruments, like they heated up to, to, to sanitize, like sanitize it. Yeah. And I thought, I want to be a doctor just like my dad. Mm-hmm. So I grew up gearing myself... To, to be a doctor. I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a doctor. You know, people would cut themselves and they would get all bloody and I'm like, ah, oh, that's no big deal. I got it, yeah. I got it because I'm going to be a doctor. It yeah. not gross me yeah, I'm not freaking out about, over it. So then... Did he want you to be a doctor? Like, was there pressure from your uh, parents or not really? At that point, no, because they knew I wanted to be one. But, it, it, like, Filipinos, there is a lot of pressure. It, it's, it's always, like, um, some kind of uh, job that has where I'm trying to think of, status. Yes, you know. So a lot of Filipinos are either doctors or lawyers. You know, that's pretty much it. Doctors or lawyers. <laughs> or you go in the medical field in some way, shape, or form. And so you know, that was kind of a given that I was going to do it. And as I grew up, I I was actually pretty good at art, and I'm pretty creative. And going into high school, you had to pick electives, and I thought I'm going to be a doctor, so. I took Latin for four years, figuring that it would help me with the medical terminology. Wow. And senior year in high school, I went to this seminar for students interested in the medical field. And they basically scared the bejesus mm. out of me. <laughs> they said, You're going to go to college and then you're going to go to med school and you're going to be in classes from eight in the morning until five. You're going to go home and study till one or two in the morning. And then that, you repeat that. And that's your life for the next 10, 15 years. And I kind of thought, Whoa. You know, I've had my nose in a book up until now, and that's not living life. So I decided, nope, don't want to do that. And once I did that, I was like, uh oh, now what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was a lost puppy, I yeah. had no idea what I wanted to do going right. into college. And so I, wanted, I went in, like, you know, um, just like a liberal arts. And I figured, like, I went in undecided, Mm -hmm. and it was actually my uh, youth group, church youth group leader that said, you know, you might like sociology, why don't you take a couple of classes? So I did. It's interesting, you know, it was an interesting, you know, field of study, because I've always, as a loner, watched people. Observed. And observed a lot. Yes. And that, to me, was a lot of fun, so I ended up being a sociology major. Where did you go Um, to school? I went to school at Boston College. And they didn't have minor studies, so I, you know, there was a concentration in philo- history and philosophy because those were interesting to me. And everybody said when I was graduating, what are you going to be? Are you going to be a social worker? I'm like, no. Like, why would you study sociology? I'm like, because I liked the subject matter. It was interesting. Yeah. And basically both those majors made me the perfect bartender, which is what I did. <laughs> <laughs> after I, after I uh, left Boston for like oh. a long time. So that's and, how you got into the hospitality. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? Filipinos are very accommodating. When you have guests come over your house ever since I was a little kid. My parents are always like, go, 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 go. Go offer them something to drink, Mm -hmm. something to eat, you know what I mean? And go sit and talk to them. So sometimes here I was, like eight, nine years old, sitting there with an adult Adult. trying to make conversation, like hello. (laughs) But you had to entertain them, Because I feel like
0: kids in U.S. culture are just like on their video games or like on their phones when people come over. Like they're Mm -hmm. so not, they don't care about adults. It's like a separate world to them that they don't have to dive into. Like you almost...
1: Well, it's a cultural. Separate yourself. Th- yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a cultural Culturally. thing. Yeah, so. That's interesting. Yeah, so basically, that was that was part of it. Mm-hmm. And when I was in college, I had to you know get a job, and I ended up working in the service, like you know the student dining hall. So that was kind of the start of it. Working there, and I became like an assistant manager like sophomore year, and I worked through until like junior year. And that was kind of like the beginning of the service industry mm-hmm. aspect of it. And um, basically how I really got into it was after I graduated from college and still not knowing what the hell I was going to do. <laughs> I was like clueless. Um, I w- went into retail. Um, and then I got the phone call after I graduated after a couple of years. I got the phone call that I knew I would always get. And it was about my dad. Mm-hmm. Like I always knew That I was gonna get a call and it was gonna be about my dad. And so my dad got diagnosed with cancer. And so in a week, I packed up all my stuff. My brother came down and grabbed me in the family van, said goodbye to my, you know, like my job. And I had just become like an assistant buyer for this retail store, just a small mom and pop little shop. And I told my roommates, I'm really sorry, not much notice, but I gotta go. You know, I'm the oldest. Yeah. It's kind of my responsibility in the culture to go home and help, but I wanted to be home too. And um so went back to Rochester, ended up like living at home and not really working for about a year or so and helped my mom, you know, take care of my dad. My dad passed and I was still going out, you know. I'm on yeah. Aries yeah. and kinda of like the social thing, so I was right. still going out. And that's how I ended up uh, getting into the service industry. I started as a bar back in this nightclub, and I started bartending. Bartended for 13 years, and then I finally decided that I was going to go into management because I needed something more stable than, oh, it's a slow night. I'm not going to make any money. Right,
0: like a, yeah, Yeah. something you could rely on, (laughs) fall back
1: on a little better. Yeah, so, you know, throughout that whole thing in Rochester, there's a lot of like really spiritual people and a lot of people that are into the metaphysical and energy. So Hmm. I, I had a lot of friends that were into all of that. And, um, there was one, a couple of times after I was done bartending, we'd go out for a drink afterwards because I worked in restaurants. So we weren't open till like two. Mm -hmm. go to different bars and sit there as our local hangout. And it would never fail. I would always run into people that were into the same kind of thing. And oh, just I, by coincidence, like there's no coincidence. Okay, oh, that's a good, <laughs> there's never. I like that Nothing. things happen for huh. a reason. Okay. So I'd sit there, glass of wine, you know, we're yeah. hanging out or chatting, and anytime we start talking about energy and the metaphysical, my hands would start getting hot and they start to sweat. Like they've always been sweaty, you know, since I was young. Like. So my hands would start getting hot and I would say, hey, I have extra energy to give. Does anybody need any energy? And so they're like, yeah, sure, I could use some. So then I put my hand either on their shoulder or their knee or whatever. And most times they would say, how did you know my knee hurt? And I was like, I don't know. I just kind of felt like that's where I needed to put my hand. Start talking about like ghosts and energy and stuff like that. That was really interesting to me and always interesting. I would get excited, so I just kind of chalked it up as that. Like, yeah. I'm working myself up, like, woo, you know, like getting energized. And so that's what I did. And one time there was this this young guy, and he kind of was been part of the conversation. He saw what I was doing. He was like, have you ever heard of Reiki? And I'm like, no. What's that? So he told me about it, and he was actually a Reiki practitioner. And I thought, okay, um, gave me a little background and I'm like, okay, energy, healing, okay. Whatever. Yeah. How
0: did he describe it to you? Do you
1: remember? I don't remember. It was so long ago. Like he's remember. like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a hard one to describe. It to is people. a hard one to describe. I mean, okay. So Reiki is a form of energetic healing. So all it is, is we're all made up of energy mm-hmm. and, um, as a practitioner I'm just a channel for this energy and you basically tap into the energy it goes through you and you direct it into the body and reiki is just it's just a beautiful energy it's like the positive that's all around us and you know it helps to remove any blockages that you have In your body, like Mm. energetic blockages, which it could be physical, emotional, spiritual, it helps to heal that. It's just a healing energy all around.
0: So, are you when you said you harness the energy from your own body, and then, or are you feeling the energy via the person, and then you're kind of like going to a place where it
1: needs? No, I yeah, I'm just a channel. Like, as a Reiki practitioner, you become a Reiki practitioner from a Reiki master. A Reiki master puts energy into you. There's certain symbols, opens you up as a channel. So you become like a straw for this energy, and it just goes through you, and you just channel it. Channel it, yeah. Yeah. And once you become a Reiki practitioner, you're always Reiki. You can always tap into it. And I know a lot of people that are massage therapists, and they're like, well... Can I turn it off? Like, no, you can't turn it off. Look, once you start touching someone, if, if they need that energy, it's going to go right through. You know what I right. mean? <laughs> and this is like a gift that you need to use. Um, yeah. You
0: can't turn it. Yeah, you can't back away now. <laughs> well, the
1: thing is, all of us have the capacity to heal. Mm-hmm. We just kind of forgot, you know, because we're trapped in this physical... Not trapped. We're not trapped. We are in a physical body. Mm-hmm. And when you have that physicality, you think that it's a boundary, and there isn't really a boundary because you are energy, you know? Like, we're all made up of energy. And you forget that you, we're all connected. We really are. And so, I think one of the paths in this life is to reconnect and to kind of realize that you're still connected to, to the, bigger. the universe, to yeah, something to bigger, the big to everybody. Yeah. To all, we're all connected. You know, like, you know, you know how people have the psychic connection with their families? Mm-hmm. And they know when something bad happened to... Yes. Yes. That's because you're energetically connected.
0: That is such an... <clears throat> that is so cool. Because I always... This kind of stuff is just...
1: It's fun.
0: It's fun. <laughs> and it's like, I you don't think about... I just think the way we're socially raised, mm-hmm. where we live, or in this culture, is just... It's so disconnected. It's so independent, individual. Like, grow the self, but then... When you hear these things happening, and I've had so many people say, like, how did... I don't believe in that, mm-hmm. because that's impossible. There's no way that the person really knew that something bad happened, for example, which, um, like you were saying, you knew you were going to get a phone call. There's certain, like, inner... Um, I don't know if it's, like, guidance or... There's some... The feelings. Intuition. If, if you don't yeah. Intuition. If you don't tune into it, you won't notice, but... There's people that are more tuned in. Yeah. Their volume's
1: up a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) And the thing is, when you become Reiki, you are tuned in. And the more you practice it, the more open you become and the more you tune in. Like, there's been a lot of different things that have happened to me in the last four years since I've been practicing it more, you know, more often than I did in the last 20, Um, because I use it every day. And it's like I'm starting to see things now, whereas before I didn't. And now, when I think something, I know that that's the truth. Like I don't question it anymore. You know, like it's almost like you get trust mass, you get mess yeah you trust more you, you trust get, your, your intuition yeah your intuition more. more
0: yeah pretty much which that seems to be such a hard thing for people to do and they're always saying trust your gut or like go with your gut if you feel something it's probably for a reason but when you're not practicing that it almost. Is like that's not true. That's just an option.
1: Yeah. Like I feel that
0: way, but well, sometimes the is, like
1: it, it's gonna keep happening to you until you finally accept it. Like it's like a practice with anything else. Like um, I'll give you an example. Uh, when my sister was in a senior in high school she was going to her senior prom, I was going to my mom's house. I was living in Rochester in the city, and my mom is in the suburbs, so. I was going to go to her house and, and take pictures, you know, of them getting into the... You prom, know, yeah, yeah the, whole, the, the whole prom, yeah. And I was in my room and I looked at my camera and I thought, I should bring it. And I'm like, no, why are you going to bring that old thing? You know, like your mom, mom's got a digital camera, it's, it's better, you know? Oh, so you had like a... <laughs> so I, I didn't take it. Yeah. I got to my mom's house... And the battery died on her camera. And the thing is, there was not enough time for me to run to the, the store to get a new battery because the limo was coming. They had like right. just a short they window. Had to go make it to the... Yeah. So, wow. And I was
0: like... Oh. Next time you would have... So now you wouldn't second guess something like exactly. that. Exactly. You'd be
1: prepared. Exactly. you bring it. Well, that was one time it happened a couple of times, you know, stuff like this. It, it basically stuff like this keeps happening and like beans you over the head until you finally say, Oh cool. Yeah. So
0: I want, I have a question. I don't uh-huh. know if this is related to Reiki, but I was talking to someone in my family and I was telling them how I, um, never met. So in a crowded place or I could be at a concert, mm-hmm. I will like point out, I will pick out the person that we're looking for like minutes and you know, so far before anyone else notices, Uh and I never miss them, like, they never walk past, I'm, like, there, or I just, like, across something, or if I know someone, and they drive past me, I always realize it's them, like, I never miss it, and just, like, so tuned on to people I know, especially, like, connections I've made, or someone walks into a room, I, like, feel it, yeah, Yeah. and I'm sure there's a level of that with everyone, but I know if I walk into my house, I know if someone's there or not, which I'm sure is, there could be sound related to that there could be but no, but that's good I like feels open to the, yeah it. I'm like I know no one's here or mm-hmm. I know my dad is in the room like I can just tell yeah. who
1: it is and that's something you need to just keep nurturing practice being more open just by being open and accepting and letting go of stuff you know letting go of like fears letting go of like doubts that's a lot of it how do you deal with
0: sense the energy of what was just talked about yeah. or someone's mood.
1: Yeah, Reiki I mean it's part of it, part you know what it. I mean? Um you don't have to be a Reiki practitioner to to feel that. You just have to be open. Reiki is just one form of helping you to open. As I said before, we all have the capacity to heal, mm-hmm. you know, each other and ourselves. We just forgot. Reiki is one avenue of of reconnecting Channeling with the, that, yeah. yeah, reconnecting with that. But you cool. know, there's all different forms of energy work. There's that guy. I don't know if you have ever seen that that show. I think it's on Bravo. The healer. I he has a it. gift. Oh my God, he he has a gift, and he was born with it. And it's not Reiki. It's it's different. It's his own form of healing. And he basically sees what's going on in a person's body, and he kind of just fixes it. <laughs> wow in his mind i know it's, a, it's wild yeah but he just spends a few minutes with them and and they start healing mm-hmm. you know it's 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 one. does
0: that have to do and is reiki and <clears throat> chakra is that connected how yeah. connected are the two because i've heard chakras are blocked and it kind of sounds like energy would be blocked
1: oh yeah chakras. Sha- chakras are seven of them there's basically um chakras are energetic the main energetic points in your body so you have your root, your your sacral, your solar plexus, your heart, your throat, uh, your third, third eye, eye, and then, then the, your crown chakra. Yeah. So those are just basic um, energy points in your body. And when we when you do a Reiki session, a lot of times um, there's there's hand placements. So there's no muscle manipulation at all when you're doing a session. There's hand placements on the body, and a lot of those placements cover the chakras. Um, Let's see. Uh, some practitioners hold their hands over the the, the person, and some, you know, uh, it's right on. Physically. I'm I'm hands on. Um, I'm like Reiki. I'm a Reiki master, and it's um uh, usuryoho, uh, shikuryoho. shiku <laughs> <laughs> ryoho. It's traditional Reiki. Yeah. So it's um it's hands on. Uh, if some people you know feel uncomfortable I can do it over but I get for myself personally I get more of a gauge of what's going on with that person's body when I do hands on yeah. connecting physically mm-hmm. yeah so wow okay so it's it's more comforting too I think cuz usually when with reiki it you people either feel heat or mm-hmm. they feel some tingling sometimes it's cold you know it just depends it depends on everybody's different and every practitioner's different so it just depends on what's going on, but that's what they usually feel, and it's just—it's just really comforting. And you know, with the hands-on, it's like we all need human touch. You know, I think yes. it's just—it's just really. It's another
0: way of connectedness mm-hmm. that we need.
1: I call so, Reiki like a warm hug. It is yeah. it's like a warm hug.
0: So, how do you become a Reiki master? So, talk. Let's talk a little bit about that process. So, you met this guy, okay? He. Ex- told you what reiki was because he must have seen something in you i don't know what it was or he was he could tell you were more open or whatever it's it was just because
1: i had my hand on that person so yeah <laughs> so what ended up happening after that is like a couple months later i was leaving um work and i get into the family van i acquired the family van it was my dad's car that's what the, he drove and um and you know i got in drove like maybe five minutes to this nightclub it was a gay club. Like, mm-hmm. all of my gay boyfriends were there. <laughs> I love it, because it's like, they always play great music, you know what I mean? I always had so much fun. Yeah, I did. So, um, I got out of the van, and all of a sudden, I'm like, whoa. Like, I couldn't walk. Like, my lower back, like, I either pinched a nerve or did something, and I don't know how that would happen in, like, the five minutes that I was in the car. I was Sitting fine getting down. in. Yeah. Yeah, no bumps or anything like that. No, it was so odd. So... I went in and that kid Eric happened to work there as a bar back. So I went to go find him and I'm like literally shuffling along. Like I barely walk. It hurts so much. And I'm like, hey, Eric, can you do that Reiki thing on me? Because like I'm in pain. I can't move. So he's like, okay. So he he put his hand on my lower back and like just for like maybe five, seven minutes, maybe ten because he had to get back to work. And he's like, okay, that's all I can do. I got to go. I'm like, okay. And I was amazed because I was able to move. I was actually even able to, like, dance. Like, you could still feel a little pain, but I was mobile. You know, there was... I was just like, wow, made a believer out yeah. of me. Like, wow, that's really cool, because it, it worked. And I'm, yeah. like, dancing. You know, afterwards. <laughs> Back to normal. <laughs> Back yeah. to normal. And then... After that, I went on this uh, vacation to Sedona, Arizona, and that end up that that's gonna be a different conversation because that's like a long conversation. <laughs> a lot of funky things happened while I was there, and um, one of the little off trips while I was in Arizona was I went to this little town called Jerome. It's like an artist colony type of place, and I went to this like metaphysical bookstore, and I got this little paperback book that you know colored stones and their meaning. And when I got back home, I'm flipping through it, and I'm like, okay, oh, obsidian, guard dog stone for negative energy, I need that, because I was going back to work, and the owner, the chef owner, was like, had a temper, and oh, it was gosh. always like, not the best environment, so I'm like, I need some, some, something to protect me from the negativity. Wow. So yeah. I went to this other metaphysical bookstore called um, New Voyage Bookstore, it was in Rochester, It's it's gone now. I found my little stone. I go up to the counter and I put it down. Mm. And as I put it down on the counter, right next to it, to the right is like this flyer that said Reiki One and Two Workshop. And I'm like, "Gotta do it." It Yeah, like not a coincidence. This is a like, sign. Okay, no coincidences
0: here. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's such a good way to like
1: be yeah. open to. Oh yeah, cool. things always happen. You just have to pay attention, to look around, and, just and like look feel. around. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's all it is. Like people miss so much. There's so much. Like. Just the color of the sky, you know, and that's what's living life is. You just have to observe everything and just appreciate every moment, mm-hmm. you know, every little thing. I uh, yeah,
0: that's it's so important. I was just talking about this with somebody how going out in nature uh-huh. is just like prescribed by doctors now because yeah. they're just like, go get away from your th- everything else. Go look at how beautiful, yeah. The trees are when the wind blows through them and yep. the snow when it falls and how quiet everything gets mm-hmm. when it snows or people get so just distracted by
1: everything, all the noise, everything else that's going yeah. on. That's why yeah. I am very drawn to the Native American culture because the thing is, remember how you were saying earlier that, you know, we're not taught to do all of that, you know, we're raised to like look, be on the phone and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Native American culture, it's it's all about nature. You know, it's all about the relationship with each other. You know, it is all about love. Honor. Yeah. Yeah, surrender to nature. And respect. Mm -hmm. And respecting each other and nature. And that's why whenever I feel lost or bummed out or I need to to go for a hike, I need to go out, and Mm -hmm. I need to be in nature because you walk around and it puts everything into perspective, you know, because it is quiet. And you realize that all that stuff, all that noise is not important. You know, this is what's important, Right. you know, and it's the moment. That moment is important.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: you forget that,
0: I mean, that we're surviving with all of these luxuries and the technology and all the noise, but it's so not essential. Like no. for human survival, it's just all this extra stuff that we crowd our lives with, and yes, it's convenient, and it works for business, and uh, you know, we're not living in uh, teepees anymore, but obviously the world has evolved in some ways, but when you remove all that other stuff, what's there, like nature's always going to be there for you, as yeah. long as you treat it well, and it's always going to be this force that you kind of have to surrender to, yeah. and like, I almost think when the sun's setting, I have to stop and do <laughs> whatever I'm doing, because like, that is the most important thing that's happening right now, it's, is yeah. that sunset, because look at it. Like, wow, isn't that amazing? Like the earth is turning and the sun is setting and it looks like the the
1: sky's on fire. Like how cool is that? Exactly. See, not as many people do that, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, just the other day I was driving around and the sun was setting and it was pink and yellow, a little bit of blue. And it was just like, it's never going to look like that in the next two minutes it's mm-hmm. now right now <laughs> it's the way it pull was. over <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but and yeah. stuff like that it's like that's what makes me happy yeah. you know it's like the little st- stupid simple things in life make me happy yeah that's so important yeah
0: okay so then you saw this you're in rochester you saw the mm-hmm. reiki course one yeah. and two yeah two levels
1: yeah, Reiki one is basically getting attuned to the energy so you can channel Reiki energy. Reiki two, you learn certain symbols that you can use to concentrate um, energy to help with emotional and uh, release. And mm-hmm. then, on one symbol is to send Reiki long distance. Oh wow! And then Reiki master is level three, and basically that teaches you to be able to attune other. Um, Practitioners,
0: okay. So you don't necessarily have to become a master, but you have Mm -hmm. to be trained by a master to be a practitioner.
1: Yes, that's why sometimes I see these things on Facebook, like "Oh, learn Reiki online." I'm like, (laughs) no. (laughs) I mean, you can learn all the stuff, but you can't get attuned online. No, (laughs) I mean, there. You you know, you can send Reiki long distance, but and and I don't know if people have do the attune. You you know, you can attune. Long distance, I don't, I just don't feel it. You know what I mean? Cause I did that. I, I said, Oh, yeah, let me do my Reiki Master and like get attuned, um, distance. <laughs> and I just didn't feel it, you know. And then I felt like it wasn't complete. Like, I, I, you need a teacher. You mm. need a teacher. And I feel like it needs to, you need to be physically present. Because when I first got attuned, um, you can feel it, like your eyes are closed. But I felt like it was almost like a a tingling, like, water almost. But it was like a a curtain of tingles. It just kind of went from my head, like, right over the front of my face and all the way down. It was wild. Yeah. It was wild. It was cool.
0: And that's when you, is that when you realize, like, that's the channel that you have to be tuning into? Like, is that, was that what it feels like? No, it was, it
1: was just, it was just the transfer of energy, but I felt it, you know? Cool. Yeah. And then... Um, uh, my Reiki master is Caroline Boddy uh, from Rochester, and she was attuned by um, uh, Arthur, Dr. Arthur Robertson, and he was one of the f- 12 Occidental Reiki masters, the first ones in, in the West. Oh. Yeah, so she's traditionally trained, you know, and, and it was really cool because before we all got attuned, she had this um, that divining rod where you can, like, some people use it to, to find water. Because it's like, and ley lines, because it's all energy. Wow. So
0: Yeah, I, yeah I, I, those... I have an image in my head. I think I know. What you're okay, so she about. had
1: the two like rods, and it's like like a metal, and it's yeah. long. She had two of them both in her hands, and she had them facing out. And she would have us walk towards her um, because it would basically measure your energetic field, like, and it would come together. When it got close to your energetic field, when it's felt it. Wow. Yeah, it was really cool. So, in the beginning, she had all of us walk, and my energetic field was maybe to there. Mm-hmm. Okay, before. Like a couple we, arms lengths away. Before you yeah. got attuned. Yeah. yeah. To, and um, after we got attuned, it was like across the room. It was Oh cool. my god. So you can't so. fake that. No, that you is can't. her like wow. Yeah, you can't fake that. And the thing too is before we got a tune the night before, um, she had us lay on this Reiki master board. And some people are like, Yeah, right. <laughs> but it's it's called it's it's a it's a wooden board. And it was made by Reiki Masters Association, which was based out in Florida. And she was like one of the vice presidents for it. But it's like a board and it's made out of wood. And inside it's infused with like silver amethyst. Um, I'm not sure if there's copper, but it's all in there. And then there's a symbol on it and it's called the Atakarana. And it's like a Reiki Master symbol. And so she, we laid on the board. And we're like, yeah, okay, what is this gonna do? And basically it's supposed to repolarize you because I guess as normal beings, um, we are kind of like fighting Earth's polarity. So it's like I'm not sure if it's like the earth is positive and our feet are positive, so it's kinda of like eh, 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 you the know gravity like, Yeah. Poles. Well it's kind yeah. of like you're um, not rejecting but you're um deflecting each other. You know how like magnets Yeah like repel yeah. repel, yeah. thank you. Yeah. And um so this was supposed to change our polarity so that you're in tune with the Earth, and so you're not repelling it. You're actually like grounded to it. Wow! And <laughs> you just laid on it for maybe ten minutes. It wasn't long, and I'm like, okay. Do do do. And afterwards, I felt kind of weird. And I went home, and this was way back when when there's still. Um, the answering machines because <laughs> I got a 297 back in seconds so the it was like 20 years ago yeah. Yeah. and I laid I had a futon I laid across my futon and reached over to um, my answer machine which was on the floor and I'm looking at it listening to my messages and I had like a piece of hair that was hanging off and I looked at it and it was like vibrating it was wild I'm just I'm not moving and I, I look at it and it's like maybe I was but I just saw the hair it was like woo it vibrates, and you're like, things
0: are not the same then, anymore. I know.
1: And then after Whoa. that, I was just exhausted. I just passed out. I had a great night's sleep, but it just wiped me out. And then the next day, we went back for for you know, the next days. How class. long was the? This course. was uh, it was three days. It was, but it wasn't very long. It um, it was Friday afternoon until the evening. It was all day Saturday. And then it was, like, Sunday morning from, like, 9 to about, I think, 1 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So it was, like, a whole weekend mm-hmm. for, like, Reiki 1 and 2.
0: And was everybody there, people that already kind of, or could you, who were already open, for lack of a better word, to this?
1: Or was it? I, I really um, couldn't tell back then. I think, yeah. So, yeah, most people are. I mean, usually if you're interested in this, you're drawn to want to help people, and the whole point of Reiki and any of these healing arts is like for the for the you know for the benefit of all and the harm of none, you know for the good of all and the harm of none, and that's basically wow. what you want. And as a channel, as a Reiki practitioner, um, when you are channeling Reiki, it heals you as well. So you want to be a good channel. So the you know my Reiki master said the best thing you can do is think of nothing, you know, so that you're more of a clear, open channel. Because if you're thinking about stuff like, uh, and you have issues within yourself, it's going to heal you too. So your output, it's still going to, you're still going to, you know, channel Reiki, but it might not be as fluid and strong, Mm. I guess.
0: Yeah. Like something's blocking your
1: channel in a way. Yeah. It's kind of like a clogged pipe, you know, like you have a pipe that's clean, water's going to flow, you know, quick and fast. But if it's clogged, it mm-hmm. water's still going to flow, but it's more like a little... Jagged or more, yeah. yeah. So where does Reiki come from? Where, what part of the world? It's, it's like it's Japanese-based, but it's basically... Okay. Dr. Makao Usui was a monk, and he taught theology. And he's the one that, or I guess, rediscovered the symbols. And he did this by... He went on a mountain and meditated for 21 days and straight. And you're not supposed to survive off of that. And this is, you know, where the symbols came to him for Reiki. And, you know, like the story is that he meditated for 21 days, he got the symbols came to him, and that's how he rediscovered it or discovered it. Um, Because I guess one of his students asked him, Can you heal like Jesus? (laughs) And he was like, No. And they're like, well, why not? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> and so he, he kind of made it his, his goal to find out and research it. So he researched Sanskrit text, you know, all over. And, you know, it wasn't until he went on this meditation that that's where he found the answers. Wow. And so the story is that he came down the mountain, um, he stubbed his toe, and he put his hand on it. And the pain went away. Mm. That was like the first miracle. And then the second one was he went down to this inn and ordered like this huge meal. And the innkeeper said, that's not good. You know what I mean? You've been meditating. You haven't eaten in like 21 days. You're going to get sick. And he ate and nothing happened. And then the third miracle was uh, the innkeeper's daughter had a toothache and he put his hands on her and the toothache went away. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah that's that's the that's story that's like the legend like
0: the legend that's been passed on yeah. so i guess i i have so many questions but for what kind of people come to you or come to see reiki practitioners what's you know like a common denominator obviously it's related to energy blockages but what are they complaining of what is an example
1: a lot of people that have come to me in the last few years a lot mostly women and it's because they feel like they need to find something else like there's like almost like an emptiness or there's something that they need to get rid of you know Mm -hmm. and like uh, emotional a lot of it is emotional and um i actually had one guy that came and he he was like he had a reiki session like consecutively every week for like a month and that's because he was going through a lot of um, self-doubt and a lot of transition in the job like he was going from one to another or wanted to and he kind of needed to like ground and regroup Mm. Um, most of the women most of the the clients that I've had A lot of women, it's usually a blockage in their third chakra, which is like, that's your seat of um, uh, power. Mm. And the reason why there's a blockage there is because women always take care of everybody else first Mm. before they take care of themselves. And the thing is, you need to take care of you first before you can take care of anybody else. You know, you got to feed the vessel. (laughs) You got to fill the vessel before you can put it out there
0: like be one before you get yeah yeah, be complete or whatever yeah take
1: care of yourself first yeah because they they have, you know husbands children whatnot yeah yeah so a lot of that a lot of that I mean
0: I I can see that you have a tension you're struggling with something and Mm -hmm. you you, it manifests physically so yeah and like the connection I've learned this through my own Travels with stomach issues, and mm-hmm. the connection to your emotions, or your head, and yep. your gut is so strong. And then, through through meditating, I guess you learn, or you you learn to tune into areas of your um, body that you're holding tension, like your throat, yeah, or something you wouldn't, you don't notice until you stop. And where can you release? Like where is there a tightness that you're not conscious of?
1: Exactly, there? because a lot of you know what? A lot of the, the clients that I do have ha- do have like physical ailments. But once I go in, it's it's more. It's something different, something totally different. And a lot of times, you know, a lot of the stresses that we have nowadays, people don't know how to deal with it. They don't know how to let it go. So they tuck it deep down inside and those emotional stresses become physical. They manifest physically like an ulcer or a migraine, mm-hmm. you know, all, we do make ourselves sick, we do. And, and
0: stress, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of stress it's all making, stress, oh yeah. Um, I don't know, stress give you a, I don't know, just having extra cortisol in your body. Stress, stress, yeah, stress,
1: whatever. stress is like the biggest killer, yeah. you know, like that makes the inflammation in your body, yeah, yeah. which leads to so much more stuff. And so Reiki energy helps you to release all of that. And I've had some people that have come to me like, oh, yeah, I had Reiki a long time ago. It wasn't that great. I felt awful afterwards. I'm like, yeah, you felt awful because you're releasing. You know, because you put that in your body and you didn't let go of it. And because you were afraid it was going to hurt. Well, it's going to (laughs) hurt.
0: It doesn't just disappear. Isn't there a rule about energy? Like there's no... It doesn't. It doesn't ever equal zero. Like there's always some level of it. Yeah. You have to like. Oh. Well, the
1: thing is, when you you tuck it deep down inside, it's gonna. When it comes to the surface, and when you start releasing it, it is gonna hurt. Like a detox. Yeah, it is a detox. Or like a withdrawal. It definitely is a detox. <laughs> wow. Because it does reiki does bring the toxins out in your system. That's why after a session, you need to drink a lot of water to kind of flush it out. It's like similar to massage, you know. Mm. And. um... So some people, I would tell some people all the time, or you know, some of my clients. If you feel achy, it's okay. You know what I mean. It should be. It should go by the next day. And I've had a lot of my emotional releases, and a lot of this stuff that I've had myself. I know I've tucked down deep inside, not just in this lifetime, but many. And you know, one of the chakras that I needed to open was my heart chakra. And that wasn't for the love of, like, everybody, but it was, like, more the romantic love, you know, like Mm -hmm. that. It's taken a long time. It took, like, nine months for it, and it hurt. Did you do it on yourself? (laughs) Are you giving yourself Reiki, or how does that work? I gave myself Reiki. It's more like I needed to mentally and emotionally, like, release it, you know, like, make a pact with, like, okay, I've decided I'm gonna let you go. You know, like mm-hmm. you have to acknowledge it first, and then you need to let it go. Acknowledge the fact that you, you you have that blockage, and you need to let it go. And I got the help from a lot of my co not, my colleagues. Um, did crystal healing. I did Reiki. I did um, this rebirthing uh, therapy. Um, it was like a lot of it was like trading, you know. Yeah. yeah. And then the last vestige of it was um, I got a Thai massage from a friend of mine and he basically just it was all pressure points. And the thing is, even though I emotionally released it, my body was still holding on to it. It's like, you know, muscle memory mm. it was still holding on to it and it was like all on my back. It was like it was like a, a, a turtle, you know, like the yeah. shell protecting the heart. And so when he was pushing down, I was like, oh my, like it hurt, but I never realized how locked up I was. And after I was done, I'm like, ooh, standing up straighter. Wow. Yeah. It was That's so interesting
0: to hear you say that. And I I think it's because you're mentioning all the different ways that you, so healing is not a singular approach. Uh Uh-oh. No. And I think people, we think, let's take Advil. We have a headache. Let's take Advil and it goes away or here's a pill, but hearing you say that, okay, Ricky is only one of the ways uh-huh. that you can help. Yep, It's not just a band-aid for something. It's, you know, it's not going to fix it. It's going to help you. It's but gonna then help you might you need re- to try this and yeah.
1: go at it from all angles. Exactly. <laughs> like It's, it's going to help you release. I mean, um, one client that I have, I've worked with her for the last couple of years off and on, and she usually comes for a session like every couple months or so. And there's a huge difference. Like with the the Reiki has helped her with like a lot of the stuff that she's held in the back of her mind, you know, and she finally has let it go. But it took a while, and it and it's and she needs to do the work too, mm-hmm. you know. Like with this, our culture is just like a quick fix. Yes, I just want a quick fix. But the thing is, like, you know, you didn't get this dis- ease, disease, disease. <laughs> yeah, you didn't get that overnight. You know, you kind of there's like layers, you, 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 built it up. So you have to do the work to kind of, you know, break it down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and it's not going to be quick. Sometimes you have to, you got to let it go. You got to do the work. So, wow. Yeah. That's so cool. I
0: guess, okay, my last couple questions for you.
1: Okay,
0: I know it's long. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know, I don't want this conversation to end. Oh, my gosh. Wow. We can do more. We're, we're going to have to because okay. I feel like there's been times I'm like, I want her to go into that, but not now. Not now. This is the, in, the yeah. introduction. So, okay, what is your, what are some wellness um, habits you have or tips or, like, what's something you do every day that you think helps keep you grounded?
1: Okay. Well, <laughs> you know what? I, the last few years I've wanted to do more meditation and finally I decided that I'm going to make this commitment to myself and this was this past summer and I decided to I'm going to meditate every day and I made that commitment to myself. So my morning routine now is I wake up, I go get my little laptop and I get either I listen to either um one of the Deepak Chopra's abundance series because mm-hmm. it's a short meditation and, or I go on YouTube and find, you know, like a 20 minute meditation or whatever I feel like that morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I take my balance essential oil and I put on the bottom of my feet and there you go. I do the meditation and then I've been doing like this Bija, um, meditation, which is you, you do the chanting and, and, and there's like a, a certain, uh, mantra that used for each chakra, And it's really easy. Yeah. It takes like ten minutes, and and it's fun. Do you start from the bottom and work your way up? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like Lam, Vam. Lam is the root. Vam, uh, Ram. Your heart chakra is Yam. Your throat chakra is Ham. Om is your um, Third third eye, and then it's silent for uh your crown chakra
0: i've actually done that before we started saying those sounds and i've heard them before Oh, so much fun that's awesome so you okay so that was what you would do
1: first like well that was that's i listened to the abundance yeah. series first the oil first how much then, oil do you put on it just like a drop okay. a drop on like this part i don't know what the, like the ball, of, the the your ball foot. of your foot yeah yeah just a drop and then sometimes i'll put on my hands and just breathe it in breathe it in because do you that, ingest them you can depending on the oils the balance, no, because that's like a uh, a blend of like um, pines, like spruce and wood and um, those you can't really ingest the mm. the spruce. Um, but yeah, some of them, some of them you can, and some of them you can't. Depends on what it is.
0: And I know from this instance when I met you, well, a few things. I've seen you give Reiki on a dog, which was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I hey, forgot about that. that. The other night, um, there's a dog, and you put your hands on him, and you were like, "I think he has a headache." And we were all just watching you. Like, oh, Caitlin's dog. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I was like, "That is oh my no, god!" I had so- to talk. Was, to was it
1: Sophie? Is that her name?
0: It was Paige's dog. No, um, is it Paige's dog. Amanda's dog. Oh, that's
1: right. yeah,
0: that is yeah. Okay, that was a conversation for another time, I think. Um, but what about yeah? So. The oils you you said one time we, we we made a you made a mess and there was something that needed to be cleaned up on wood and you were like I know I can clean that with oils or there was some other
1: thing no at an event scratched or, it. or scratched they something scratched the oil yeah. I thought like lemon oil that that lemon oil, no that's
0: oil that's what it was you knew you had all these things like. Well, oh, we can try use oil it. for that, yeah. Or like you have a stain on something—I forget what it was—and you're like, I, "I got
1: something for that." I have it in my bag of tricks. Like, there's an oil for everything. And seriously, this is like my apothecary. Mm-hmm. I don't—I've always been a person that never like to take a cold medication or or aspirin or anything unless that headache. Like, I usually don't get headaches, and if I do, um, sometimes it's energetic, sometimes it's like environmental pressures coming in sometimes it's you know astrological or celestial because it's like you know different moons we're e- gonna have that things. is definitely <laughs> a podcast we're gonna have to do that is like because whole... that is like yeah i, I am not an expert in but i just feel it i feel it too yeah so that and um, so yeah i'll just i'd rather use the oils like if i get if i get a ahead oh and sometimes i get a headache because it's somebody else's and that's the thing cuz as a reiki practitioner you're open and i'm an empath and it took me a long time to like admit it but i am like i'm very very emotionally sensitive mm-hmm. and as an empath i feel people's pains and so sometimes someone will walk in a room and i'll if they have a headache i'll feel it and i'll get a headache like i literally sometimes have been like all right who's got the headache Kind of like John Edwards, you know, like, oh, who, I see a, a person with a name out. <laughs> yeah. I stupid, but I'm just like, yeah, who, who's got the headache? And they look at me like, what do you mean? I'm like, who's got a headache? I feel it. It's not mine. I know it's not mine because. I didn't have this before. Exactly. Exactly.
0: exactly. Is it distracting at all? Can, or are you good at just being like, well, that's okay, but that's, that's
1: not, it, so, it's no. not my
0: energy. Or how do you. Exactly. Because
1: it, it's not, it's not mine. So I usually think it's like not mine. So I let it go. Okay, but that's I, it. You let it go. I let it go. But I yes. use it as a tool, you know. I, I, To me, I embrace it because I use it as a tool because then I know exactly where they're hurting, so I know exactly where I need to go. Um, I used to volunteer at Stanford Hospital, and I did Reiki, and there was this one woman, she had dementia, and she was towards the end of, you know, her life. And one of the nurses said that she's agitated. I think she would really, you know, benefit with some Reiki. So I went in there, and I didn't know she had dementia. They didn't tell me. So I'm like, "Hi, how are you?" And she was like gibberish, you know, not making any sense. And I was couldn't ask her where she was hurting. So I'm thinking, okay, I'll start at the head. I'm starting at the head, and all of a sudden, I feel this pain right here in my, in my rib cage. In your rib cage. My rib cage. And I was just like, oh, okay, so that's where I need to go. So that's okay. where I focus. So I use it as a tool. And, wow. you know, yeah. And then I just, like, let it go. Because it's not mine. But that sometimes t- with some people, it's almost like, I'm giving you Reiki because I want my headache to go away. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: need to fix you so we can all be fixed. Including myself, yeah, pretty much. that's much. that is what I was going to ask you before because, kind of the thing where um, I notice when people are around, or I sense vibes like too much, and I find it to be distracting. And I think learning how to let go of the noise or
1: not let it affect you personally, even if you feel it, <clears throat> you have it to bubble yourself. Yeah, you have you have to protect yourself because when you're an empath and when you work with energy, and sometimes. Um, some people that are empaths and they don't realize they are, they are very much affected with what's going on around them and they don't realize why all of a sudden they feel depressed. You know, they think it's themselves. They think there's something wrong with me, but it's not. They're just picking up on other people's energies and you just need to learn to protect yourself. So that's one of the things that I do. Like you were asking about my, my little routines. Yeah, routines. So the routine is like the meditation in the morning um, and then I have to have my, my morning moment to myself. Even after the meditation, I have my tea and I nibble on some cheese. <laughs> <That's my favorite laughs> I'm moment. just my picturing you in yeah. your little like, house. Like. <laughs> <laughs> like a little mouse. And then like I'm like mouse. on the computer and I'm like checking on emails and that's like my moment, quiet moment, you know, before yeah. I start the day. And in the shower, when I'm in the shower, one of the other routines that I do and it's kind of like a protection thing is like. Um, And one of my spiritual mentors taught me this is like when you're in the shower and you're rinsing off, you think positive remain, negative down the drain. Say it three times, positive remain, negative down the drain, positive remain, negative down the drain. And then after that, what I do is I make myself a channel, like I open myself up. So I, I breathe in and I pretend I'm pulling energy from the earth, push it through my body and exhale and I push it out into the sky. And then I breathe in and gather energy from the the sky or the universe or above. Let it go through me. And I exhale and I picture it going through the bottom of my feet. And I kind of do that a couple times. So I picture myself as like a straw. So just like one beam of light. You know what I mean? Yeah, connected to both. Yep. The groundedness Mm -hmm. and the the rest of the world. Yep. And then what I do is I bubble myself in white light. So I, when my friends, I, my friends, my, you know, from Rochester, we used to talk about energy. We used to do this all the time. We'd like make like little, you know, uh, energy balls and stuff. So we would bubble and we would literally put our hands over our head and just pretend and make a bubble, like a white light bubble all around us. And you know, stand up and do this, my head all around my head, down to my shoulders all around. And then I go down to my feet. And that's how I used to physically do it, but now all you really need to do is Visualize think it. Visualize it? Yeah. Think it, and it happens. So I just go, bubble, bubble, And then I go through my whole family, and I bubble all of them in white light, and then I usually bubble the people that I know that have cancer, the ones that, it, that you pray for, mm-hmm. you know, bubble all of them in white light, and then some of my friends that are having issues, so I bubble all of them in white light. Wow. And then that's my, yeah. You start your day. Yeah. That's my routine. <laughs>
0: wow that is amazing oh my god i just get up and brush my teeth and run out the door and i don't think about it anymore. but it takes time you yeah know what I mean?
1: and then the thing is like so tip it, technically i should be doing reiki on myself every day too but it's like that's i know there's
0: so much else time. there's so much to do
1: yeah Wow, okay, I, I know. literally
0: could talk forever, so we're definitely going to have to do this again, we'll mm-hmm. go into some different areas of it. Um, oh, I'd love to. That's why I said you so hit the much. mother load,
1: sister. I like to <laughs> yeah. talk.
0: <It's> amazing, <laughs> so good. Thank you so, so, so much you are so for being welcome. so open to this, and wow, I can't wait to continue the conversation in the future.
1: So yeah, oh, thank yay. you. Thank you. <laughs>
0: Thanks for listening to episode two of Not Another Wellness Podcast. So much fun having these conversations. I'm already feeling like there's so much to learn from people if we just sit down and give them the time to tell us their stories and tell us what makes them get out of bed in the morning and what they're passionate about. It's so, so special. So I'm feeling super grateful for this opportunity and I look forward to having and continuing these conversations about wellness thanks for listening guys bye